Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I'm your host, Rain Coleman, and in this issue, we will be covering a myriad of things. Um, I have a special <laughs> guest with me today, Mr. Robert Jeffrey, the amazing Robert Jeffrey. Uh, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just enjoying the Saturday. How about you? I am enjoying it as well. This is a lazy off day for me, so I'm uh, just kicking back. <laughs> Coming off nice. the high of Black Panther, man. Exactly. Black Panther weekend, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, so, ah, Mr. Jeffrey. <laughs> yep. So, um, I have you here, and you have, I don't know, I'll, your resume is amazing. I'll say that, for one. And it is Thank you, man. <laughs> really, really. What um I guess give give the people kinda of a quick little rundown about yourself, like who is Robert Jeffrey and what what is uh Robert Jeffrey how we gotten to this point today? I um well, you know, originally actually first thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I wanted to wanna say that first. Okay. Um but I'm in, I'm originally from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um you know, South Side just born and raised um and but i i've been in Georgia for i guess you could say probably half my life. Mm-hmm. um and but during that time you know in between you know, living in chicago and being down here i've just always i've written you know as much as i possibly could mm-hmm. um you know started off you know writing uh you know stories like you know, personal stories i guess as far as like um you know, books you know uh about time travel Okay. Uh, which will they, that will never see the light of day. <laughs> it really won't. Uh, you got to start somewhere. But um, you know, but then after that, you know, I, I you know just joined my school's literary magazine and I started writing for um, you know the college newspaper. And but once I got out of college, I you know started freelance writing. You know for um, as far as for, you know for you know extra money. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've always had a background as far as, you know, writing fiction and, and then moving into journalism. Uh, but the comics, you know, writing comic books really didn't pop off until, you know, I, I graduated from um, uh, college, you know, George State University. And, mm-hmm. and that's when I got started with, you know, writing uh, for Terminus Media. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first short story was a story called Daddy's Little Girl. <laughs> and it's, uh, we call it the, uh, well, I call it like the catching up occasion from hell. And but then after that, that moved into Route Three, and then doing client work for the, you know, Centers for Disease Control, and yeah. you know, then Radio Free America, and then, you know, so on. Um, the really cool thing though is, you know, the the training that I got with Terminus, and the and you know, pretty much the work that I did with Route Three, mm-hmm. uh, were pretty like instrumental in getting me uh, through the door with you know the DC Comics yeah. Writers Workshop. So. You know, that's uh so I always say that, you know, the you know, the everything that I learned about comics I I picked up originally from, you know, Terminus Media and I've just tried to take it further, you know, take it further from there. So and so far so good. You know, things right. have been going <laughs> so far so good. Yes, very good, very good. I, I can uh I can uh, shout your praises in that regard because uh, you have I've yeah, you've done some some amazing work and I'm very happy to discuss um, but starting off, like you are a, you, 
your writing and you do your freelance writing and you also have uh, a couple books under your belt. This didn't manifest out of thin air. So I guess back in the day or your earliest, I don't know, memory <laughs> or a book, so to speak. What is what started this all for you? Like, what was it? Was it seeing Superman on TV? Was it reading about the mutants in Marvel Comics? Like, what started you on this journey of like comics are ultimately going to be my thing? Well, originally, you know, it, for me, it always comes back to I just love to read. Like I, I, I was like, and I'm still like that now. I'm like a crackhead for books. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, like <laughs> it was funny because I just listened to y'all's review um, about uh, Green, uh, not Green, uh, Black Lightning. Yeah. And it was the episode where y'all talked about the, uh, you know, the, the what is it, the green stuff or the yeah, green, green light, the drug, yeah. Yeah, the green light. So like books for my green light. <laughs> so. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and that. So we were always. My mom was always taking us to the library, and I was, you know, reading stuff like, you know, Encyclopedia Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books, uh, Ramona Quimby books, uh, like the. Um, I'm trying to think of like the righteous revenge of Nate of Artemis Bonner, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So but that parlayed into a love of comics. So it's just like my, my mom was pretty much just trying to feed, you know, yeah. our need for just reading. So she, you know, was telling somebody the other day, it was either Walgreens or, you know, Osco. We have a drugstore called, I think it's called Osco up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And she was picking up, you know, comic books from, from the store. You remember like, those you know the the good old days where they actually sell comic books in yes. grocery stores. Yes, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, started off doing that, and then I had a cousin who was he's much older than me, but was a really big comic book kid. But he was in the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. and I was I had a chance to go through his comic book collection and you know start finding stuff like you know the Chris Claremont era, mm-hmm. the Jim Lee era, X Men, and then you know that in addition to watching the cartoons. Uh, like Batman the Animated Series and the X-Men cartoons, that, that's what kind of grew my love to comic books. And then after that, so we're, we're still collecting during this time, but by this point, my dad, my dad and my mom were divorced, and my dad lived down here in Atlanta, and he started mailing copies of Milestone Media Books oh, <laughs> to us, like, yes. yeah, like Icon and Static and yes. Hardware and Books and the Kid. And my brother and I are just kind of trading these comics back and forth. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was done. <laughs> like we right, were, right. you know, it's just like you know, start off, started us off with you know, Spider-Man and then the X-Men, and then upgrade us to you know something something like Milestone, mm-hmm. and you know that just helped me to realize that this was something I really wanted to do, as far as you know, eventually you know write comics in some form of fashion, in addition to like you know writing books and uh, short stories and novels. Yeah. Uh, but Mo- Milestone was really big with letting me know that. You know, there were people that looked like me mm-hmm. um, on the, you know, on the pages of these books that I love, but then also behind the scenes, you know, through, you know, like the bullpen sections and you know, seeing pictures of the crew. Because, you know, outside of Sam Lee, I wasn't too up on who else, you know, wrote or yeah. drew these books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right, right. And Stan, yeah, and Stan was like, he was, he was Stan the man. He was the one popping up yeah. as a cartoon version of himself. So it's cool to see, you know, people like Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cowan, uh, Chris Cross, you know, the uh, the artist, mm-hmm. um, and you know, just everybody else. 
you know, that that you you wound up kind of noticing in the credits of these books. So as far as like comics in general, it's kind of a combination of, you know, reading, uh, you know, novels, prose fiction, yeah. and comic books and cartoons that got kind of got me into it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, ah, that's really good. It, it seems to mirror a lot of my own life. And, oh, wow. Nice. Uh, really, because when it comes down to it, when it was the X-Men animated series, and I also started off picking up, I think I started off with Image Comics, actually, because I would read mm-hmm. Witchblade. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is it the tale? I believe like those siblings that Jim Lee drew, which I didn't, when I was younger, I didn't know a Jim Lee. I didn't understand what it was mm-hmm. to have a different artist on a book, but I saw right. that the art form, the art style was the same as Fathum and Witchblade. So it's, it, yeah, all that eventually kind of rolled into, like you said, the animated series and seeing Spider-Man on a, on a, on a cartoon and then seeing some mm-hmm. of the old clips from Spider-Man back in the day. Like it's, it's a lot of the things you're saying really <laughs> pulls me back to my very own childhood. That is, um, man, your dad sending you miles stuff like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, that that um, that was awesome. It was it was funny because you know I saw Panther today with my wife, mm-hmm. and I, you know I um, he, my dad passed uh, passed away last year from uh, cancer, and I told um, I told her today that. I really wish he had been able to see my family yeah. because, you know, he and my mom has always been supportive of like I guess you could say the geeky stuff that I'm into. Yeah, yeah. Um, but dad, but you know, but she was always like, I don't understand it, but I support yeah. it. You know, but right, right, right. dad, yeah, dad was that dude who he was he was a nerd himself. He was a geek. He he's a cool nerd. Right. <laughs> you know, he's like he's a cool nerd. But he was, you know, so he would have been there like opening day. So it, to me, it wasn't surprising that you know he he came across a comic book store down here that actually used to be open called the Comic Company, and then the mm-hmm. first thing he, he gravitates towards is the Milestone stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. And and Milestone was coming out around the time of like Image and you know Marvel and DC were doing their thing with you know some of their big selling titles, but my dad, you know, gravitated over to the Milestone stuff and mailed that up to us because he knew the significance of, you know, his sons up in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, seeing, seeing those books, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, so he, I mean, like, we, you know, he knowing him, he probably read through the books before he sent them to us. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah, that was, that was my dad, but, you know, he was, um, yeah, that's, he, he just, we love the same things. Okay. So. That's good. That's that's really good. Um, and I, uh, again, just mirroring my own life, but with my mom, she was into the Marvel movies, anything mm-hmm. from the Netflix series to the Marvel movies to any books. Like she would be sitting right there alongside me. So that's, man, that's really good. Um, and this is really why I say comics and representation and comics and related media, because it's just... God, to know that you've received a milestone comic and then from that not directly but from that experience we also have things like route three like it might not come directly (laughs) from that but it's just as part of your makeup where now we're at that stage where you have this amazing property um let okay tell the listeners about route three give me give me the, the the quick version and then we'll dive into the actual book itself 
Yeah, yeah. Ralph, Ralph and, it, and it's funny because I'm always working on the pitch. I always tell people like I'm a better writer <laughs> than I am a salesman. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just like if I got if I want to succeed <laughs> doing these right. comments, I got to do this. Right. The, the basic gist of it is there's a kid named Sean Emerson from Stell Mountain, Georgia, who finds out he's been granted these like awesome set of abilities. Uh, unfortunately, he he knows nothing about them. So you know, the people that actually do you know, want to use him for their own kind of, let's say, selfish goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not the best people on <laughs> on the earth. And this mm-hmm. is all happening, you know, within the, the backdrop of, like, the war on terror. So it's kind of like a superpowered army, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I always tell people it's not your typical, you know, coming of age, you know, superhero story. It's not him going out to fight crime or anything. It's basically him waking up you know, with, like, telekinetic abilities and saying, what the hell? <laughs> what the heck? So, uh, and it's, uh, and I call it kind of a, you know, it's a, uh, you know, super-powered arms race across across the southeast uh, U.S. Um, so, and that's, actually, that, that pitch works. I think I might go with that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, oh. yeah, that's, because that's pretty much it. Like, I read it, and um, the listeners know that I've, I've lived in Atlanta for a time. I actually went to school out there after high school, and for me, before anything else in your book, I was excited to open a book and see Georgia, Stone Mountain, yeah. Atlanta, <laughs> Buckhead, Decatur. And that's yeah. mainly because everything that happens in the Big Two seems to be in Gotham, Metropolis, or New York. And I've been stressing... Or some like, variation, right. Exactly. Yep. Like, there, there's more landscape out here. Even if you took it all the way to Russia or all the way to China, like... There are other places where things can happen. And so even outside of the content of your book, the fact that it was set in Georgia, which is like, ah, Atlanta's right there. It's like one of the blackest ass places on earth. <laughs> and this is exactly. so you had me sold from that. Like it could have been yeah. horrible, which it isn't. It's an amazing book. I love it. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Yes, honestly, you've done an amazing job. Like it's Route 3 is I don't know. It was very cinematic for me. Like it was something that, and I guess that's what you aim for when you make a comic, mm-hmm. but I could very much like I read through and I'm like, okay, this is good. And then I read through and I'm thinking like, I could see this. I could, this, oh, man, it was just good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Thanks. Yes, yes. I appreciate it. No I appreciate problem. it. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, to the point of like, let, you know, let's say the setting. Yeah. I've, I'm, I'm, I just turned 36 in January, so you know, for half, I always say for half the time I, I've had a life. <laughs> you know, I, I've been kind of a Georgia boy, you know, a Georgia Georgia man, Georgia boy, yeah. whatever. But mm-hmm. so you know, it was, and, and funny enough, the uh, the story was originally going to be set in Chicago, you know, because oh. that's you know that's that's the most topic grounds. But you know, when we when I started to um, think about pitching the story to terminus you know i was just like i don't let's set it in an area where you don't necessarily see a lot of you know stories like this set actually you know period where you don't see a lot of right. you know speculative fiction stories set period um and and that's why you know i wanted to choose like, like the greater land area um you know that opening shot of the story takes place on you know, Highway 78 leading to Snow Mountain. Mm-hmm. And and Snow Mountain Park is a beautiful park, um, but it has a very effed up and complicated history. 
act, yeah. you know, to say the least. So, you know, I was just like, you know, well, you know, it's a it's a state landmark, so why not just set it there? Yes. Um, and you know, there's even a little bit of little commentary between the soldiers at the beginning, mm-hmm. where you know they're they're kind of focusing on on that history of you know the very kind of sub history of that mountain or of that park. Um, but I think Atlanta and the shoot, I mean. We, we were just talking about Black Panther. I mean, pretty much Marvel has made Atlanta, Georgia their base of operations, and it's kind of to the point where, like, even when I was watching Black Panther, I was like, oh, my God, that was at the Art Institute of Atlanta. Right, You right. know, that, <laughs> the, scene, the scene at um, the museum where Killmonger yeah. is uh, still the yeah. vibrating, the I mean, spoilers, but anyways... And then I was telling somebody that I was like, I just called an Uber <laughs> off the street. Yeah. That they uh, when they take uh, when they put them longer in the ambulance and they race away. I'm like, I was just asking a cop for directions, you know, yes. to the Amtrak. Yes, station. absolutely. You know, so so it kind of it shows that even outside of you know when I when I created Route Three, you know, that Atlanta is a city where it's it's not it's not like Atlanta it's not New York or Chicago where you, you all or some variation like you said mm-hmm. where you you always said these stories that and i was just like let's just do something different and then also you know the you know the cross-country road trip mm-hmm. uh at least part partly cross-country uh, i've always liked the idea of having a story that takes place on the run yeah. so you know let's just let's get them out of you know fighting crime in the back alleys mm-hmm. <laughs> or um you know, the big city, you know, let's take them out to the country and have like an epic, big, you know, super powered yes. shootout, mm-hmm. you know, in Tennessee, <laughs> you know, back right, to right, Tennessee. Right. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of where my mindset was. But I also just to do something different. You know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to keep doing what's gone before. And especially, you know, within indie comics where, you know, everything sometimes is a variation of, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes is a variation of what the big two are doing, but also, even if it isn't, you don't want to. You don't want to do the same thing everybody else is doing. So you know, just try something different, something that'll set it apart. And uh, and people seem to be receptive to it. You know, because I mean, at least like down here when I do the conventions, they're like, "Is that still mountain?" And I'm like, "Hey, yeah, yeah." If I had my way, he's gonna blow up that side of the mountain that nobody likes. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying do it in real life, but hey, it's comics. Right, right. Anyways. <laughs> control this world so yeah that's and you know that's that's something that i am always pushing for is more representation and though i it's more so in the characters of color and the creators behind the scenes the fact that this is what happens when you get someone with a different lived-in experience who isn't just relying upon what will batman do next like tom king is doing an amazing job with batman with his current run but at yeah. the same time, there's room for others. Like, not to put your property onto another's, but who's to say that a Route 3 can't exist in the DC universe? Because, hell, what else is going on in Georgia in the DC universe? You know, like, what? <laughs> Nothing. Y'all Y'all ain't even touching Atlanta. So it's... Uh, it, yeah, so Route 3 being uh, set in, in Georgia, well, initially, like you said, before the, the on-the-road scenes, uh, tell me more about the character. Like, is this uh, young Robert back in the day, like reimagined, or is this <laughs> like because I, I guess even before getting into that, I loved 
this family where these are three men in this house kind of interacting with each other. And it's not to say absence of the woman made it better, not to say that, but just that you're getting three strong male figures in a how in a comic book where you don't whatever. So yeah, it's was it's Sean Young Robert from back, way back in the day. You know, it's funny because my my wife will say, uh, there's there's a lot of me in the character okay. as far as like the um you know, kind of the geeky um aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of uh, the nerdy black guy. Um but you know and that's the but that was only out of kind of a desire to just kinda of, you know, see somebody that, you know, reflected somebody, you know, that kind of looked like me mm-hmm. or looked like, you know, most of the people that I hung out with. You know, I, um, you know, growing up, I just, I knew a lot of geeky and nerdy, you know, black guys and black women, mm-hmm. you know, black girls or whatever. Right. So, you know, that's kind of, it's like, maybe you can say it's just kind of an amalgamation of, you know, people that I came across, but wasn't seeing a lot of mm-hmm. in comics, like unless it was somebody like, um, for Drew Hawkins, yeah. you know, from, right, right. from static. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but, you know, but to leave, you know, my, my wife will, you know, she'll kind of take at me and say, yeah, you just wrote yourself in a comic book. And I'm like, no, I don't have superpowers. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, there's definitely, you know, that, that's about as far as it goes, okay. um, with the character. But, you know, it's just, but that's, you know, there, so, yeah. So there, there's a little bit of that mm-hmm. in, in Sean Anderson. Okay. So, yeah, that's because that, and I saw a little bit of my, myself as well. Like, and that's what I awesome. liked about it, though. I'm a, a grown ass man, uh, living, uh, paying bills, and working, and everything. But I could still see like parts of my young self, even especially with the kind of moodiness. Although with Sean, there was a legitimate reason. I was just a, a damn uh, moody kid. But it just in his mannerisms and his actions and the way he related to his father and his brother. Um, I thought that yeah. was in those few panels. Was it was a lot? A lot of the story was told just in the way that he interacted with his family before even leaving the house. And I was like, "Wow, this, this is this feels very real. This feels very grounded. This feels mm-hmm. so." What, the relationship with Sean and his family. What is that? What am I asking? Coming off of, and I don't want to spoil too much of the comic, but coming off of a very maybe traumatic incident, how how did you get to those conversations? How did you get to that interaction between the three men and do it in a way that was so believable? There's, um, for, first, thank you, <laughs> because I, I always kind of like it when people kind of, you know, focus on the relationship of the, the Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so that's, and, you know, because it's, it's, it always seems as if, um, I don't know, within comics that the, you know, kind of the father or the black father, you know, the relationship with the black father is kind of tossed to the wayside mm-hmm. uh, in, in a lot of circumstances or they're absent. I mean, the father is absent or things are just like bad, you know, and, and you know, in some cases and I guess in all world, that's, that's how it is, you know, mm-hmm. but that wasn't my experience. Like, even though my mom and my dad were divorced, my dad was still, you know, heavy, a heavy, you know, part of our lives, mm-hmm. a big part of our lives. So that's what I wanted to kind of reflect within the book and also, you know, within the experiences around me, you know, as far as, um, you know, having a kind of a strong, you know, black male figure 
But, you know, within, let's say, Sean's relationship specifically with his father, um, it's one of those things where, you know, and this is not spoiling too much, but, you know, his his mom uh, passed away she you know, of cancer. And I think it's probably, it's been some time, you know, since he's passed. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the really, I mean, one of my favorite conversations in the book, you know, his, his father is essentially telling him to, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta move forward. Yeah. And, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, he tells him that, you know, his mom was definitely the one, <laughs> the part, the part of the, the parenting duo mm-hmm. who kind of understood where Sean was coming from with like his nerdy, yeah. you know, his nerdy side, his sarcastic side, but, and, and also there was that strength that he kind of, he had with that like. Sean wasn't like a moody kid going to school. He was like he was fully accepting of the fact that, you know, to uh, he was the quote unquote other. <laughs> you know, he was right. a nerd guy, and that's kind of where he drew strength from. So if, if people, you know, and this is how people you know, will act in our world, you know, they'll they'll f with you, they'll mess with you. Mm-hmm. But Sean was able to kind of combat that, and then with his mom, you know, gone, that's kind of broken a bit, and he's telling Sean that, you know, I want you to not just toughen up to be like, you got to be a man, mm-hmm. you know, toughen up because I, I know how this world is going to treat you. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they will see you, but I know that you're not. And, you know, there was a source of strength that you kind of drew from, you know, enjoying the things that you did, you know, and, and that's kind of, because Sean at this point, is just kind of, he's just kind of done. He doesn't even stand up to his, you know, to his brother, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, kind of picks at him in the house mm-hmm. and, his brother, his brother tells his dad, and he's like, you know, what's up with Sean? I, you know, trying to, you know, trying to get him out of his, you know, where he's at. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things where it's I, maybe his dad is kind of giving him kind of tough love type of scenario, mm-hmm. but the the big part of that is the love part. Right. You know, he's just like, he's not telling them like, you know, you need to stop being a wuss. He's just right. like, hey, you know, do what you do. You know, do what you do, but acknowledge that, you know, there are these people out here who are going to try to take advantage of that. And, you know, at a certain point before on pass, you know, you were able to kind of deal with that. You were able to tackle that. And she wouldn't want you to mm-hmm. to kind of fall within yourself. So that's, you know, that's kind of the tough love aspect of, of their relationship. And, you know, as far as I know, I, I don't, I, I couldn't think of a, at least in comic, you know, that type of relationship that have been, you know, kind of brought forth, yeah. you know, where, you know, the father is, um, he's essentially now he's a widower, mm-hmm. he's a widower, you know, widower and taking ter- care of his like two teenage, teenage sons. Mm-hmm. So, um, I did, I did want to just show that there is love between, you know, the three of these, the three of these guys. And, and I, and unfortunately I don't think that is, it's something that at that point within comics you weren't able to see a lot of, you know, as far as just like, you know, black male, <clears throat> black male love, right, right. you know, a father for his two sons. So, you know, I, I completely agree because I even I know um, the initial reaction with the older brother and Sean, I was like, well, this guy's an asshole. But then I was I saw him <laughs> speaking to their dad and I was like, OK, maybe this was. You know, I I have siblings, but we are we never lived in the same space. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is just what it's like. But I saw, 
that's not the takeaway that I took from the conversation. It was my initial reaction, but then I was like, okay, this boy is dealing with something. And it, I, yeah, I, God, yeah. I can relate again, even in my adult self, I lost my mom as well, like last year. And reading sorry through to hear this, that. Thanks, thank you, thank you. Um, but reading through this, it didn't feel like, this is why I say it felt so genuine because although I didn't share the exact beat by beat, dealings or emotions that Sean went through it still was something that felt so yeah, oh God, you have so many different things going on and this is just the begin. this isn't even getting into the meat of the the issue like this <laughs> right, is like right. right off the bat so it's like for me to have such a reaction to this story and it to feel so real and I don't know man I just I really appreciate it what was being said in this comic and how this is presented because a lot of times with superhero comics and with comics in general, death is never a permanent thing. Death is always a revolving yeah. door. And this, however <laughs> you're moving forward with the series, be she resurrected or or, de- or whatever, this felt very meaningful. It didn't feel like, oh, Wolverine will be back tomorrow. You know, it didn't feel like <laughs> mom's gonna <laughs> if you just yeah. heal three times, she'll be back in her room. Like it felt very absolute and matter of fact. And that even I feel like even if I hadn't have lost him hearing, it still would have felt like, okay, this is something real. This is heavy. Like I felt the weight of Sean's world on his shoulders. Cause I was also a mama's boy. So <laughs> So I, <laughs> bro, I, 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 I really appreciated that. And again, listeners, this is not even the meat of the issue. This is happening early <laughs> on. So, bro, yeah. Thank you, man. I, I, I really pre- you got me gassed up over here. I was just well, like, good, it's so, I, so. This yeah. Is, you Thank you, man. My, yes, yes. I, Thanks. Uh, okay, so, so route three, we have. A young black boy and I don't want to compare well I'll I'll say it very it feels as if it's the almost the Peter Parker story that we should have gotten like it, it's it feels like it's in that vein of a very educated young kid taking race aside it still feels like an amazing story but because this is a black boy why isn't this uh, on Netflix, why is it this on the screen somewhere? Why is yeah. Route Three not just available for our visual consumption and motion picture? Why is Route Three? Um, I mean, what you say from your lips to God's ears? Um, <laughs> I, it's, I mean, I as far as um, it was funny because I used to. Um, I did, a, I did a blog post uh, for a website I used to blog for, mm-hmm. and it was the um, if I could cast the Route Three movie, mm-hmm. and so I just I just chose a bunch of actors and <laughs> actresses for the various like yeah. you know key roles. So you know, believe me, it's been on my mind. <laughs> it's yeah. been on my mind, but you know, I know you know with indie comics in general, mm-hmm. and every every creator you know, who possibly listens to this or who I've spoken with can attest to this. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a hard it's a hard game. So even getting the book out, mm-hmm. <laughs> these three issues out, yeah. you know, single issues and then getting them out into a collected graphic novel mm-hmm. was a task in itself. So, you know, 
in the back of my mind that you know having this adapted into something else has always been there yeah. but it's just like you know hey let's i don't even know if the, if, the, if we're going to be able to finish this first story arc right, right, you know right. uh, fortunately, fortunately we have been able to but you know in my in my perfect world i would love to see this as either a netflix mm-hmm. live action series or an animated series mm-hmm. you know like i love netflix's work with um Voltron, yeah, you know, yeah, legendary, yeah. Yes. and they're able to balance like a really solid, and serious, uh, you know, tale of like intergalactic war mm-hmm. with, you know, like a, a mech, you know, story about a mech robot that goes around and you know saves the universe, right, right. Um, or even, you know, like um, we're actually watching Ultra Carbon right now oh. on on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is it's solid really solid sci-fi and and even any of the you know, Marvel Netflix uh, series yeah. you know, they they have a really good way of you doing like grounded um, speculative fiction yeah. you know related stories uh, we even actually finished up travelers travelers is a I think it's like a Canadian sci-fi show but it's like a time travel action series yeah travel <laughs> yeah travelers is really good I can give you a list Netflix does a really good job of just, um, and I think streaming TV in general mm-hmm. and premium TV or cable, I mean, cable TV at this point, um, I mean, we're living in a really good time of where you can tell a variety of different types of stories on whatever format, uh, format possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, so I, I would definitely love to see it, if not Netflix, some other streaming platform yeah. where it could be like a, like a 10 to 13 episode, you know, kind of. Uh, series, yeah, and we would just you know, keep telling it, you know, taking it from there. Because I mean, at the end of the day, it would be nice to see something like this on a big screen. But I think that you know, having the freedom to, well, having the freedom and being able to let the story breathe mm-hmm. on episodic television yeah, yeah. would definitely be more yeah. beneficial. So I mean, hey, if you got any like Netflix, you know, the gatekeepers listening right. to this podcast. <laughs> You know, I got I, I got copies of this book for days because we, we had a successful Kickstarter last year. Yeah. And we got it we did a second print run of the um of the series okay. of the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And our first Kickstarter for Terminus Media, actually my first Kickstarter uh period and um the with the you know, actually John McGuire um is one of my my, my I call my writing brother from my other mother. <laughs> he was very instrumental. <laughs> And getting this uh, Kickstarter rolling, and um, but we just we took it over to the finish line and got the funds raised. So I, I got plenty of copies, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I know how to send an email. Right. <laughs> you copy, so. well, but yeah, hopefully, um, yeah. So hopefully we'll see it because I think that one of the and this my I don't know if this is going to you know, lead to another discussion, but after seeing Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that I didn't figure it was possible before, right. but I, I the stuff is possible. Right. Like you can't like the whole the lame ASS excuse of saying like, hey, you know, people aren't going to come and support mm-hmm. products featuring characters, you know, a main cast of color or you know, directed or written mm-hmm. by people who aren't white males and. You know, this and that and this and that you know that's not i'm like no i went to a 10 o'clock screening for black panther mm-hmm. and the theater was packed yes. like people could not find seats 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> so 
you know, like, and that's that's my wife and I go see the earlier shows mm-hmm. because we're we're kind of old people. <laughs> we don't like, you know, sometimes the crowds is just like it's a little bit too much. Yeah. But yeah, but I think that every every indie black indie comic book creator or anybody who does books or characters that uh, books or that feature characters of color mm-hmm. are looking at. Black Panther and just kind of seeing like, hey, this could be done. Or they and we and we felt that it could be done before, but yeah. it's just like, it's kind of sad that this affirmation, as far as um, money, money always talks, yeah. and that's what Hollywood look, look at. So, if there are any producers looking for content, mm-hmm. we I got a face, <laughs> you know, as far as if they got it. So, right, right. I'm open to it. I look, so, yeah. look, and we're gonna boost you up. You know, everybody go out and and promote Route Three. God damn it. But you know that is like you said that is the 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 headache about Hollywood is that we have to even have a Black Panther in order to um, open the floodgates because you know back in the nineties everything was black you had Living Single Martin Love Jones yeah. <laughs> in Living Color you had all the, so it's to even give that excuse which has always been done time and time again I don't know if a woman led movie could sell I don't know if a movie where black people could sell well. We had that before. We've had that. And it's just, you know, now we've gotten Wonder Woman, which kudos to the women out there. And now that clearly shows that there's a market. And now you have Black Panther. But the fact that we had to have them to begin with to even have the conversation of possibly having, you know, more movies down the line. It's it's sad. It's, a, a, I guess, a double-sided coin where, you know, this is just the world in which we live. But I... Again, representation matters, and yeah, 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 representation matters. And Route Three and Radio Free America has the representation for you. Like this, is... <laughs> kudos to you, sir. Thank you, man. Yes, yes. Thanks, yes. thanks. Yeah. Well, but you... um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. What was I? Go ahead. It's all you, brother. What's up? Well, no, no. I was just gonna say, I and you know, I think that. It's it's just it's time, you know, for you know these properties to kind of get out in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, I mean, I can give you a long list of, you know, kind of indie properties which I feel that um, are are kind of worth mm-hmm. you know worth picking up mm-hmm. or just kind of checking out. And uh, and no, you know, no shade to you know Marvel or DC. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where. I mean, you gotta acknowledge like most of the talent that they'll get for those books are, you know, often from the independent realm. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, to be honest with you, that's what that's what got me into the workshop. Okay. You know, my my work was out free. That's what I was told. Like, you know, that's you know the the superheroic action. Yeah. You know that, you know, I, I put I tossed in or I wrote into you know Route Three. So, you know, definitely, I I you know if I had had a copy of Route Three. And people had their wallets ready, you know, at the, right. at the screening today. I could have, I could have, you know, done gangbusters, yeah. you know, because it's uh, it's a solid work that I think that um, you know, speaks for itself. But like I said, there's a lot of stuff out there, and I would just say keep your eyes peeled because there's a, I think there are properties that you know are going to be looked at. Yeah. So I, I, uh, that's my and I'm use. I'm fingers crossed, eyes crossed, toes, tongue, legs, and arms that Route Three, Radio Free America, <laughs> anything coming from this. Uh, Robert Jeffrey Mine uh, Hive or whatever <laughs> that that's looked at as well because I think it's very deserving. Um, I love that 
the story. <clears throat> now, one thing with me when binging anything, be it a television show, but mainly speaking about comics, is the art. And the art changes in Route 3. The story is so... Let me see. How do I say this? The story is put together in a way where if you're, say, binging a television show and then there's a different director on this episode, you can kind of almost tell, depending on the show, it can it can kind of pull you out of things. But the story, one, the art is amazing in every issue of Route 3. But the story itself was like that glue that held everything together where it, I could have flipped the page and there had been no color on the page at all, but I would have still been able to follow the story and be as invested and I think that's a testament to the writing of the book and you've you've done an amazing job that's thanks man yeah. thanks I really appreciate that um, and I and I'll also give uh, uh, thanks for the for the artist for Sean Hill uh, also just a big big <laughs> big old compliment mm-hmm. uh, just like I call John McGuire like my writing brother from another mother uh, Sean is my our artist brother <laughs> from another mother mm-hmm. uh he um sean hill is a he's he's an artist that i i want all publishers to to look at mm-hmm. like he's he um you know sean is if you if you and it's really cool like i i tell people like hey if you pick up the uh the first volume of the of the graphic or the graphic novel you'll see his work progress yes throughout the series like it's not I'm not saying that on the first book like oh sean was garbage or whatever mm-hmm. no it's not even that uh, sean and sean came on to the series like very talented but you know we've we've worked on a couple of things together uh including well ralph and there's another story actually that you can buy digitally mm-hmm. through uh, the website uh called turn this team up amber fox versus terror force oh, okay. and i think that actually might have been the first official thing that we we finished up working on but uh, he, um, his work on Route Three specifically has just, it's just, it's it's improved, um, in in that it just went from going from good to just kick ass, you know, kick butt. And he's one of the most like, I call him like one of the most highly sought after like indie artists right now, mm-hmm. uh, because Sean is like super busy, <laughs> he's like super busy oh, uh, working on a variety of different projects. I know he's worked also for Zeniscope Publishing mm-hmm. on a couple of their and um, he's like I said, he's just a talent to do. Actually, he just recently had a um, an art gallery exhibit mm-hmm. exhibit exhibit called um, I think it's like Black Superheroes. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's just it's just a an exhibit of his um, work featuring like various black superheroes, and one of the featured heroes is uh, Sean Anderson. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, he's you know Sean is that dude, and he's he's based out of DC, but his um his storytelling and that's that's key in in this industry because you know a lot of people can draw pinups. I mean I can't because I can just use stick figures, <laughs> but he his his stuff has kind of a I kinda like I, I don't want to say painterly type of style mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I, I you know I don't want it to take away from actually no, it's not taken away from the fact that he's doing comic books because I think he just kinda elevates yeah. You know the stories that, that he's drawing. You know there there will be times where, you know he'll he'll you know I'll give him a script and say I want to kind of go in this direction. You know maybe you know work it like this and then he'll throw a suggestion like, 
well, maybe we can kind of reverse the angle and yeah. you know do it like that's not like oh wow yeah that's pretty solid <laughs> so and that's you know and that's that comes in with the collaboration part of the comic book creation process um but he's i mean sean is sean is one of the best in, in the game right now and like i said i i, I think marvel dc image mm-hmm. boom uh line forge anybody like any publisher would it would it would be a really big thing for them to bring him on because he he he's a hard worker he gets the work done on time and it's it's quality work really quality work yes it sure is i um and i don't know again i'm not trying to i don't know I, all in all this book has put me in the mind of one of my favorite comics ever and it's not and i say that and it's kind of odd even saying it because it's not um it's not like a direct you know correlation from the from the book generation x that's what i'm getting at this puts me oh my god before i forget i used to have a subscription to generation x (laughs) yeah Yeah, marvel like when marvel i think they still do it but when they used to send subscriptions you know, to your house, you can get the comic book in your mailbox yeah. like every month. That that was my book. <laughs> Generation Man, X was my book. Yes, that is that <laughs> is yes. Generation X is my book. Much like New Mutants is the book for I guess folks who were kids or teenagers in the eighties, and just like X Men was for folks back in the sixties and seventies. Generation X is my my book, my team, and I'm looking over the issues of Route Three, and it's. For whatever reason, the content is very different, but it's putting me in the mind of those first like six or seven issues of Generation X after they got to the school, was chasing penance, mm-hmm. and then they were like kind of calmed down and yep. easing. Yeah, like, yeah. It feels, it gives me that <laughs> down home teenage angst, threat of danger, mm-hmm. but still, yeah. I, it just, that's what it feels like for me. And again, for my listeners, you know, I love me some Generation X, period. So, if th- yeah, this is, again, kudos to you <laughs> and your team. And <laughs> I just, That's what's man. good Thanks. job. Man. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I could go on for hours. Um, <laughs> but, um, but even that, so you have things like Route 3. You have things like Radio Free America. Before we kind of get into any of the Radio Free America, what... I guess what is your what is your idea with Route Three? Like you said, you've you know completed the first arc. Now is there is it expanding this universe? Is it adding more stories to this narrative, or is it just you know finishing out the series itself? Or what's your plans with Route Three? Um, I want to the second uh, volume. I, I want to the second volume will wrap up uh, this story arc um, as far as with uh, Sean. And that's it kind of right now, that's kind of where my focus, that's well the focus for the Route 3 universe is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also as a part of the Kickstarter, uh, we were, you know, I was playing around with the idea of doing like a short comic book, which would kind of you know, give some more insight into uh, 316. He's the, he's the kind of the main antagonist. Yeah. Uh, Salma, uh, Salma and uh, Keenan's yes. group. You know, kind of focusing on one of their earlier missions. So, yeah, right now it's like I, I don't know if I'm going the 
MCU route, yeah, <laughs> you know, right, as far right. as building <laughs> this big interconnected universe. I kind of like the idea of just kind of keeping the focus just on Sean mm-hmm. and, you know, hopefully maybe in the future using his story as a launching point for for other stories to be told. Mm-hmm. Right now, my focus, as far as Rob Reed related, is to, you know, get get to crack in on the second the second volume mm-hmm. which will more likely be like you know four issues com- uh, collected in one um one graphic novel so uh so I'll, I'll definitely like on social media just keep people posted on that right, and, right. um you know like i said just just get things rolling but it's just you know things have just been like super busy oh, <laughs> with, I, the, with the i can only imagine how you were just uh, at a convention what last weekend Yep. How was yep. that? We had a. It was it was good. It was good. My my goal this year was to because we now that I actually have books, um, was to do at least one signing or one, uh, convention per month. Mm-hmm. You know, that way I'm kind of getting you know getting myself out there to, you know, not be a hermit, you <laughs> know, not to just you know, be sequestered behind my computer, but also to get that get out there and meet folks and mm-hmm. you know spread the word and you know sell some books. Um, and also, you know, just kind of, you know, learn, you know, network and, you know, hopefully get some more gigs out of that and just meet people. Um, so that's, so the convention last week was, uh, it was, um, BSAM, uh, the Black Speculative Arts Movement. Mm -hmm. And it was really, it was, it was really a really good show. Uh, you know, like I said, sold some books, met some new folks. And, um, you know, but the next month I'm going to be right back at it with the uh, Atlanta Science Fiction and Fantasy Expo, oh, which deal. is at, uh, yeah, it's at uh, North DeKalb Mall mm-hmm. on March 3rd and 4th. Um, and I'll, there, we'll, I'll have information on my website about it. But, um, and I'll have some tables there and I'll be doing, a, I think, one or two panels uh, as of right now, I think. And, um, yeah, so I'm, you know, just trying to keep it rolling in a, in addition to having some, um, you know, client work, actually mm-hmm. client work, and um, you know, and, and, and that in addition to uh, personal pro- other personal projects that I'm working on, and uh, still uh, the stuff with the DC Writers Workshop. So, uh, and I think that's that's not even it. <laughs> and I'm also working on a pitch for another, um, you know, for uh, pitching for like a. It's a, it's a different it's a property that I didn't think that I was going to be pitching for, okay. but I was just like, okay, yeah, not not within the DC camp, but with like another publisher. Okay. And I was just like, well, uh, a the opportunity is available, right? right, <laughs> so, right. It's just, yes, oh, yes. So yeah, but it's um, so the, if that comes through, that that would be that would be major. So I'll I'll definitely keep you posted on that. Yes. But that's kind of like, yeah, and I'll and I'll I'll give an update on everything at the end of the uh at the end of the interview. But that's basically it. Okay. I know. Man, you are you are the hardest working man in comics. <laughs> Check you <laughs> out, man. For real. That's that's and kudos to you and congratulations and fingers crossed that all of that, those projects come to fruition and are, you know, top sellers or whatever the circumstances around it. Cause that man it sounds like you are doing the damn thing and I'm very, very happy to hear that. Cause again, comics and related media representation in the background as well as in the foreground as far as comics and the characters, man. You are doing it. So kudos to you, man. Uh, Thank you, man. So Radio Free America, 
brother, what is this? What is this? Because I read it and I was like, hold that. What the? I didn't. What is, let the folks know about this project right here. Because, bro, this is. Do that. Yeah. Radio Free America. And for actually, first of all, thanks again for the, for the enthusiasm. Um, it's a. It's a, originally it's a series that was created by Baron Robert Bell, and he so he's he's a creator, uh, co-writer, and uh, artist mm-hmm. on the series, and it was a series that he pitched to Terminus, and at its most basic level. We call it um, the um, the wire meets Red Dawn, okay. and and you know he he's a Baron was a, he's an art professor he's actually an art professor doctor he's actually Doctor Bell mm-hmm. um, okay. in Oregon now he but he was a he was an art professor down here in Georgia who who but he had this idea for a comic book that he wanted to do so he pitched it to Terminus and I remember Terminus they came to me and said that. You know, we need a, a co-writer for the series. You know, they kind of help with the scripting and fleshing it out. And like, would you want to come on board? And when they explained to me what the series is about, I was like, hell yeah! <laughs> and so the gist, the gist of it is, um, and it's so sad because it's like real life, Bruh. you know, yeah. playing out. You know, yes. like it's like art imitates life. But remember, like I, this book was written many years be, before the. The orange one who shall not be named. Listen, <laughs> but, that's what gave me the chills, like reading it. I, I was like, "Hold the yeah. fuck up, let me check the dates." Cause, yeah, sir. This, <laughs> but go, go ahead, my bad. Go ahead. It's, it's 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 eerily prophetic, you know. And it's like, but the basic gist of it is, um, the 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 Soviet Union or Russia, actually Russia, whatever they they invade the United States. Um, and we're we're basically fighting along with a a bunch of allies, a few of their allies, and we're fighting a resistance fight, you know, on our soil. So uh, one of the ways that the American resistance communicates is through a code that was created by a DJ out of Philly. Um, so literally, hip hop is saving lives. Yes. So in our in our story arc in the uh, first, well, we call it season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Radio Free America season one, um, Mo's uh, DJ Mo's V is brought into uh, Soviet or Russia occupied Philadelphia to help uh, spread you know spread this code basically to resistance fighters all along the East Coast mm-hmm. to help with a final push to take back New York City, which is the uh, the Russian uh, East Coast stronghold. Mm-hmm. So. Basically, you have this reluctant <laughs> hero who's kind of he's you know he's living a really kind of cush you know type of uh, life mm-hmm. now at a in a um, refugee camp along the Canadian U.S. border. Uh, he has a kind of a private radio station which they use to disseminate the uh, the code. But now he's actually asked to work more in a more direct fashion, mm-hmm. you know, so that they can you know take back. At least the uh, you know kind of a strategic point mm-hmm. in the, um, in the war, so that's that's essentially what the story is about without giving too much away yeah. you know after after that. But yeah, Baron had a this is a really awesome idea that he had, and it comes from a love of you know of, of his country, 
of you know a history of resistance that we have here in America, mm-hmm. you know, with, with a variety of groups, but then also you know just a you know kind of the social and the political change of which you know hip hop could be used for. Yeah. So you know because I I barely listen to like the radio nowadays and it's (laughs) i mean some people do they they, you know i mean like i said there are people out there who still do Mm -hmm. but it's just for me it's either still listening to my antiquated cds (laughs) or or podcast or whatever yeah yeah. you know downloads i get from you know more conscious-minded artists right right kind of creative artists um and that's you know that's kind of what baron was tapping into with this concept. So when I came in with the writing, you know, it was just a, it was just an awesome playground to kind of have a chance to kind of get involved in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I just, uh, you know, just jumped in, jumped on board, and I was like, let's do it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's do it. And I am so glad you did because this again is something that one, my initial reaction was like a very visceral reaction. I was like, oh shit, this is. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it is that even if this didn't mirror a lot of the shit we got going on now, it's Mm -hmm. the fact that this is on American soil. This is very different from, you know, the Hulk and Captain America fighting in New York. This is like a grounded story that, like, I'll just say again without spoiling with the, the couple panels where there's a guy and a police officer and then the Russians show up, that series Mm -hmm. of panels fucked me up for a good little while because mm. I, I'm like, again, this is mirroring the stuff that we have going on now, but then it's also full of brown bodies. You know, you're writing from the yeah. brown perspective and then mm-hmm. you're dealing with two, mm, two evils in a sense. And it's two evils mm-hmm. that we don't have Superman to come in and save us. We don't have, like, it was, it was just like a lot of things just piled on top of one another and going through and reading through the season one, that kind of um, explanation or that, you know, kind of discovery of how we even got to the radio free America's point in which we are in the story. That shit was so like scary. Like I'm reading a comic Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh, this is terrifying, <laughs> and it, and it didn't rely on big bad monsters under the bed, and it was just like this, very real. Yeah. So you guys did your damn job with that, like this. Thank you, man. Uh, and, Thanks. And, oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even there's even, you know, in the second issue, because uh, I, I I don't have the book in front of me right now, but it, it's um. The interrogation scene that takes place in the delicatessen. Yes. yes. Um, why did I say delicate deli <laughs> in the deli? <laughs> I was like delicatessen, but anyways, the deli. Um, it um, you know that I think that um, you know that kind of captures the uh, the brutality mm-hmm. of what's happening, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's become like kind of a normal, you know, kind of a normal thing. Yeah. You know, within you know, the Philly, you know, kind of Russian occupied Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely, um, it's definitely something that'll, you know, especially now <laughs> it'll wake you up, yeah. you know, and then they'll be like, this is, it's a work of fiction, but it's just, you know, it's kind of, we try to ground it with as much in, in as much reality as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I think Baron's, uh, Baron's big thing with the series is like, 
you know, what would you do if you had everything just kind of ripped away from you? Yeah. If you had everything just kind of taken away? And there's that part in the first issue, which he captures very well, mm-hmm. with um, where he's like, um, they, he's having a, Moses having a moment of re- remembrance mm-hmm. for like boppers and mm-hmm. cable TV. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> like that's stuff. He said block parties and dance, you know, just like stuff like that. Yes. And it's just, you know, things that, you know, at this point you could add to it, like going to see a movie like Black Panther mm-hmm. and being able to kind of, you know, dress up, you know, yeah. dress up in your finest outfit mm-hmm. and, you know, go hang out with friends to go enjoy something. But that's kind of, that's the mindset that we wanted to put people in when it, when it came to the series and, you know, and just kind of show that, you know, you just gotta, you can't take stuff for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can't take, you can't take the system for granted because especially now, <laughs> because you, well, you have yes. the people in power that are, you know, up there, you know, you gotta. Hey, we watching CNN a bit more nowadays. Look, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just it's like so desperate. You probably watch a little bit of Fox yeah. News as well, just yeah, like yeah. just to see, like, you know, what the no, well, actually, at that point, I'll claw my eyes out. <laughs> but uh, like the, the the journalists in me cannot. I mean, even sometimes the watching CNN gets kind of hard. I'm more yeah. of a NPR person, okay, but okay. Uh, but no, I like CNN because they seem to be getting out it with his people, so I like that. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, um, but you gotta, you just gotta stay, you gotta stay up, you gotta stay aware and just keep your eyes open and, yeah. you know, not just kind of fall into the BS of it all. Um, cause when, you know, when people are unchecked, mm-hmm. then there's an opportunity for, you know, I mean, we, we take it to the most drastic level possible, mm-hmm. but you know, we got a dude in power who's like a couple, a couple buttons away from like lobbing yeah. missiles at somebody that has nuclear weapons yeah, yeah which is you know so yeah so it's not unfortunately it's not too far-fetched yeah and so. that's the thing and you know for life to imitate art and art to imitate life mm-hmm. but it to be this particular situation because the dates are was it 2015 is when everything happened and then we're in 2020 mm-hmm. it's like this isn't too far <laughs> off and they like i you yeah. know I, it it there's a lot of yeah. yeah i don't i don't know this is even all this aside, if we were living under the previous administration, the Obama administration now, and mm-hmm. I read this, it still would be a scary story for mm-hmm. all the reasons that I listed before. But it's just the fact that we now live under a regime <laughs> where mm-hmm. this doesn't seem too far off. This fantastic right, future. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I always just make this. It's kind of a sad joke, but like, you know, um, you know the guy in power and Putin in power. He's that dude's like a Bond villain, mm-hmm. like the you know kind of like you know, but the old school KGB, mm-hmm. and you know that type of thing where they'll disappear people. I mean, there's you know I think Russia for a minute had a really horrible track record in terms of journal the journalist mm-hmm. uh, uh, deaths. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it wasn't, you know, people calling out direct hits, but he had a lot of supporters of him who were just straight bodying people, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. And that's not fiction. That's reality. And then over here, we got the guy with Dunce cap on, hmm. uh, like it's essentially Biff Tannen from um, Back to the Future, yeah. you know, yeah. like in the White House. I just watched all three of those and I was like, God, this is, this is an office. Um, you know, going up, uh, you know, trying to, um, 
I don't think he's even going up against that against Russia anymore. Mm. Like he's you know, so anyways, but that the politics aside, it's that is you know, that's the environment like when Barron came up with this idea and started fleshing it out and writing it, it was you know, it was a little like I said, it was a little prophetic. Yeah. Like he's like, Hey, you know, this is probably the route that we might be headed on or a possible and unfortunately that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. So Unfortunately, indeed. But fortunately enough for you guys, listeners, uh, Radio Free America is still an amazing book. And for those of you out there who like to scare yourselves after, pick it up. And for those of you that just like good comics, pick it up. Like um, the artwork, especially like this, again, goes back to like what I said about Route 3. The story is such a good, compelling, although frightening story that it keeps me throughout. (laughs) But the art is exceptional as well like i'm seeing black people i'm seeing people of color and they look like people of color like it looks right like it doesn't look like a white man with brown skin this looks like mm-hmm. black people from even the mannerisms like watching what is it the issue where oh just scroll past it but where mose is like in his tent and people are keep coming in like Back to back, and yeah, he's like yeah. laying back with his hands up. He's sitting up, like, and then there's a poster of this uh woman in a bikini, and it's like, this is this is some shit. This is believable. <laughs> Out of all the shit that went on, America is now occupied by Russia, but yet you still gonna have this poster of this half naked woman in your tent. Like, it's just man, it just yeah. feels so again so real and so grounded, and that's part of what makes it scary. So yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, um. The uh, um, having a brain freeze. Um, yeah, Baron, Baron kills it on the pencils. Like he's, he's, he's a, he's a really as as much of a really good writer he mm-hmm. that he is. He's a really good artist. He, I guess, uh, sometimes that's that's one of those <laughs> combinations yeah. that I wish I had. I wish I could draw, but you know, he's um, you know, his his pencil work in the series is really really good, and especially when. You start actually seeing Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you know, the parts of the mm-hmm. city, you know, being destroyed and, and whatnot. Um, and then we actually, Don Hillsman is the anchor on the series. Mm-hmm. And he, um, Don has actually worked for Marvel, uh, Cross Gen. Mm-hmm. I think he's done some work with DC. Okay. Uh, but he's a talented artist and anchor himself. In this, and I'm drawing a blank on the colorist. Um, on the series, uh, the Lexington, um, Warcraft, yeah, Warcraft. Lexington Wolfcraft, yeah, he's, yeah, talented, talented, talented dude, um, who's worked with Terminus on um, a couple of other projects, but yeah, Lexington is, um, Lex is really, really, really uh, talented dude, and um, actually across the board, as far as the creative team, um, the writing, Baron and myself. The artwork, the pencils, the inks, the colors, yeah, and the and and the lettering, uh, all black, all black team. Amazing. Uh, that, that's yeah. that's yeah. Good job, man. This is this is damn good, and to know that <laughs> makes it even better. <laughs> like, not even yeah. even the way the white people are drawn. It's still it just it looks mm-hmm. it. This doesn't look like a comic I've read before. I'll say that this looks. Yeah very much 
I don't even know what to kind of compare it to to give you a, oh, this is kind of like, you know, Martin from the night. Like, it's not, I don't have anything <laughs> to say this is like, yeah. and I really, yeah. really, really like it. And, um, and I also like, like the colors in the sense that, um, like, it, look, I'm talking about my damn self. I just have so many emotions behind this damn book. Um, this is damn good. And seeing. Thank you, man. It, it, it feels like a very quiet story. It feels like a lot of it is just this intimate. It's this big ass shit going on on the outside. Like that's the backdrop to the story. But you have these moments with oh, what's homegirl name? You got Mosby and uh, what's her name? What's her name? What's uh, Vanessa. Yes. Got a little else from Veronica. But they um like the conversations they had, like as heated as they are. And like, it's with me being from Michigan, I understand the cold. So once I saw the snow that was in my head, like there's no forgetting the freezing cold of Michigan. So I'm thinking that plus this war going on behind you. And then this insulated bubble that you guys are in. It, it, it's just, I, you could take any one of these scenes and just put, make a two minute cartoon and, I feel as if people would crave more. Like it would be a demand yeah, for yeah. seeing this again, yeah. not to throw everything on the big screen, but to see it in Netflix, mm-hmm. to see it on a streaming service, to see it on film, because this is such a compelling story with yeah. not that many people in it. Like as far as you don't have a whole host of an X mansion full of characters to tell this one story. This isn't a whole lot of people, but this is a very, impactful stuff man this is just a damn good book <laughs> thank you man thanks yeah i mean and there have been i mean you you know uh baron titled the first volume season one mm-hmm. so you know you best believe he you know he has in mind to definitely yeah you know possibly turn this into you know like a, a tv series i know that was kind of mm-hmm. you know kind of you know, and, but it wasn't created for that. Yeah. But it, it was something that once it came out, because like we used to, when the when the single issues were coming out, we would have, you know, just all types of fans like coming up to tables at conventions. Like we would have like DJs, hip hop heads, mm-hmm. uh, comic book fans, you know, non comic book readers looking for something different. Uh, we had, and we even we had some soldiers you know, oh. come up and. Mm-hmm. You know that you know so that was that was also pretty big so we've had a really good reception you know just to the concept as a whole and in just into the books mm-hmm. you know, to the series um so yeah that would that would definitely just like route three i mean yeah. hey that would be like a good block of tv route three and radio for america absolutely, you know? absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. you know and then even speaking to like you said soldiers coming up to you there is this book to me felt like because I've never served in a branch of the military and I'm not as politically savvy as I would want to be. I Mm -hmm. remember being a kid reading an X-Men book or anything in it, the vocabulary and the, the, um, the text being so dense in a way where my little kid self couldn't really understand a lot of it, or I'd use context clues to kind of get to the gist of the story. This felt like that for me as an adult. And only because I lacked the experience, like lived in experience of being a soldier. There were cues like with different um, pieces of clothing and stuff that cued me into what was what. But this felt, it mm-hmm. gave me that nostalgic feeling of reading something amazing for the first time. And then kind mm-hmm. of knowing that I'll have to reread this. 
and I'll get something right. different on every read because this is again, this is just a phenomenal book and this, man, y'all did that for real. Awesome, and I, Thank you. I've been so conditioned by DC and Marvel or mainly Marvel that, and I'll tell you, <laughs> in my head I read Route 3 and then I read Radio mm-hmm. Free America and I was like, okay, Route 3 is now and Radio Free America is the dystopian future of Route 3 in some kind of <laughs> way we're going to figure out that Mose B is like the great grandchild of Sean it was, I was just like going on this whole that was great. <laughs> was like, so you know like this is coming back from yeah. the future man but <laughs> yeah 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 this is this is dope man for real and I, I implore anyone under the sound of our voice to pick up both properties and we'll leave all the links in the show notes for everything uh, discuss. We'll we'll just throw all that shit in there because I want. I feel like this is, again, my purpose is to push representation in comics and related media. And you have hit that nail on the head several times over. And I'm just, I'm floored and amazed and, you, and happy <laughs> that this exists. Like, thanks for real, for real. Um, I don't know what's going forward. What's what is? Do you guys have, um plans or what can you say you know i know you said this is season one of radio free america mm-hmm. and is season two already done do you know if that's just being worked on is there a plan going forward for like the end of the series or like yeah anything any updates or anything um we're still you know still working on the series right now mm-hmm. um you know just like we're route three our, our goal was to you know, it's like we, with Terminus, we had this model of doing the single issues and then collecting it all into graphic novel mm-hmm. and then try to get that into stores as much as possible. Okay. But, okay. you know, and so that's, so that's, that's worked out or at least trying to get the book, books into people's hands at conventions or, uh, or like I, I take orders for Route 3 mm-hmm. through my website. Oh, so, okay. you know, any, any way possible. But so, yeah, we definitely have brainstormed what season two is going to look like and, you know, the rest of the story. So, definitely I always say say stay tuned um but the big thing the big thing that we're working on right now and i, I mentioned this to, this to you before i guess off the air was the uh the north star the uh adaptation of the frederick Douglass mm-hmm. autobiography okay so tell, uh, tell us more about that yeah that's um baron uh approached me uh, a few months ago about uh working to adapt the um his uh the, the autobiography of frederick Douglas and in a series of three graphic novels of three volumes mm-hmm. so if you're familiar with John Lewis's March series yes, I own that. Uh, yes. yeah yeah sort of in the vein of that and um, Frederick Douglas for you know um, for Baron especially is a is a big he's a big hero of his you know he's a you could say he's a true renaissance man but he you know this is a guy who has escaped you know, the or statesman or gentleman who escaped uh, slavery, you know, basically became his own self-made man and became one of the greatest, you know, people that this uh, you know country has ever produced. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was one of the first black men to own his own newspaper. He had the ear of uh, presidents like Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, he was big with the, the suffrage, suffrage uh, movement mm-hmm. and and also with within the uh, abolition movement, with you know attempting getting slavery ended. So um, you know Frederick Douglass was that dude. <laughs> so um, 
it sounds like an oversimplification, but like, you know, in today's terms, like he was that dude. Right, right. And Baron Baron brought me on board to, you know, work as an editor on the adaptation. Uh, and he's going to be working as a writer. And we have doing the artwork, uh, Coy Turnbull, who has worked for Marvel Comics. He's actually done some Black Panther work. Mm-hmm. He's worked DC. He's you know, done some Batman work with, with DC Comics. And he's also worked on Fathom or Aspen, Aspen Comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's a very talented guy. And um, just overall, so that that's our, I guess, our dream team. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, Baron and I coming from the Radio Free America and you know, the work that we've done uh, and, you know, this all this research that he's he's done into Douglas's life and Coy uh, turning out these really, you know, awesome pieces of art. Um but so far, we, we started a Kickstarter, you know, f- to help with production of the of the series and publishing of the of the first graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you go to Kickstarter and just do a search for the North Star, mm-hmm. uh, that'll bring up the um, our page for the, um, you know, for the Frederick Douglass uh, Kickstarter. And so far, so good. I mean, it's been it's it's been a little slow going because we you know just started out, yeah. but um, you know, hoping to kind of pick up the pace as we move further into the campaign mm-hmm. but um we also have um a presence on twitter and uh facebook you know facebook page so if you just do like a search for the north star uh and frederick Douglass, that'll definitely help you to bring up the um the different uh the different pages or the social media outlets mm-hmm. um so that's that's kind of where we're at with that and, and yeah, so we're we're pushing to you know, get that successfully funded, and you know, and if for some reason it doesn't happen, we'll definitely kind of come back to it because it is, you know, his story is one that you know we really want to tell. Right, right. Uh, so that that won't be like the end of things. Uh, it's just you know, Kickstarter is a it's a fickle thing. You know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it'll yeah. You know, sometimes it it won't work so much, but but you know, we're definitely yeah. I've taken what I've learned from route from the route three Kickstarter, which we were successful with, mm-hmm. and just trying to you know help Aaron with applying that to this current Kickstarter. I will say I'm glad I'm not at the lead, you know, of running the Kickstarter because it's like it's a lot. You know, it's kind of a lot, but um, but definitely we you know I've been kind of helping you know give tips and you know just advice on you know what can work and what doesn't necessarily work and. So you know, so far so good. You know, we've been doing doing all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put the the links in the show notes as well for for all of them because okay. I think it's it's very important. And like you said, with the Kickstarter, <clears throat> you've already proven that your content is worth it. You know, and that it mm-hmm. is great, and that it is um, something that <laughs> something that's worth the price of admission. This isn't you. You have a, a proven track record with this, so I'm 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 I'm. I'm trying to join the the movement and help to push. How long is this Kickstarter scheduled for? Oh, uh, a- it's gonna. We're we were shooting for 45 days, so it's gonna be about the first to second week or of March is what we're looking at mm-hmm. right. for everything to wrap up. Okay. Um, so there, you know, there's definitely still time. Definitely still time. Definitely, definitely. Okay, that's what's up. Good deal. Good deal. Well, yeah, that's uh, so again. So I don't know what's this project number eighty-five for you? Like you are getting shit done, <laughs> and it's quality as well, man. That's the thing. Right Thanks, there. man. It isn't jack Thanks. of all trades, master of none. This is like 
project on top of project <laughs> on proper project that's still pumping at full cylinder. Like this is damn good. Um, man, thank you, man. It's well deserved. You, what else do you got? Because I know you got like <laughs> something. That you got Route Three. You got Radio Free America. You have this Kickstarter project. You are. How are you? What is pushing you? How are you going day in and day out? How are you doing it? Because I'm exhausted listening to you. I'm excited, but I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, just kind of a desire to just to get the stuff out. I mean, my, you know, the, I, you know, this is a. I'm always honest with people, like Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to try to be as frank as possible. Like this isn't like my full time mm-hmm. job yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not my full time job. And that's where my goal is, okay, you okay. know, to get it full time or at least close to full time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. And I and it's been working out. I mean, ever since I got out of college, uh, which was in 2005, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, I I started freelance writing like I was telling a joke. Somebody asked me um, <laughs> asked me the other day about um, doing you know, working for, you know, volu- you know, volunteering your time and your, your skills, you know, rather than getting paid up front. And I told, <laughs> I was telling them that, well, I was kind of spoiled because when I gave my, came out of college, mm-hmm. I, I immediately started looking for paid work. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. and that's what I got. So when I got into comics, um, you know, and, and, and the, the point being is that even within the freelancing, I was still working like a nine to five that I couldn't, I didn't like, but it was paying the bills. Right, I got, right. I got this little thing about you know having a roof over my head and food in my stomach. <laughs> and thing about <laughs> exactly. So I like, you know, I, I, I like to eat. <laughs> Starving <laughs> artist thing is not for me. I, I actually need to take my big behind to the gym. But anyways, but that's another. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's. So that was, but writing was always something that I wanted to do. So, and but with the initial goal of getting it to. Um, you know, the full-time status. So, you know, right now, you know, and I always say, you know, the DC uh, Writers Workshop, basically, it opened, it opened up some doors. And even then, before then, I think Route 3 definitely, Route 3 actually opened the door for the DC Writers Workshop. So I think that kind of put me on, you know, people's radar, you know, with the work that I was doing with Route 3 and with Radio Free America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just allow people to see that I'm capable of doing the work that I say I can do, yeah. you know, with that finished product. Because one of the things with writers is that you need a finished piece of work. You can't go to a convention with a script and say, hey, hey editor, read this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like you got to you got to have something. And it's and it's it's easier said for artists than it is for writers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. I mean, art. I mean art or comics is a visual medium and within that you know you will your writing is a large part of that but if you go to a convention with a portfolio filled with like you know uh um, like a comic book script yeah nobody's gonna give me time of day so i knew that i had to put in the work Mm -hmm. uh with getting these samples before i could i could get anywhere and that's kind of where you know where everything is kind of coalesced to so the you know route three open the doors you know that it has and with the biggest one being the dc writers workshop yeah. and then that's opened some other doors so that's so that i'm still trying to get through so um but as far as like you know i kind of gave a rundown of my projects for 
I'm going to say like this year mm-hmm. currently. Um, the Frederick Douglass Kickstarter is the, is the big one right now. Um, in April, I will actually have a, um, a short story coming out in an anthology called um, Dark Empire. Okay. Um, okay. Dark Empire. And it's, uh, wait, no, it's actually, no. Dark Universe, The Bright Empire. That's what it is. The Dark Universe, Bright Empire. Okay. And I, the, the story is actually set within a larger expanded universe where... Um, I, I, I hate to put it like this, but this is a very simple way. Like, it's it's like black speculative fiction, space opera mm-hmm. at its finest. Okay. At its finest. So, like, you know how like we always have this. I, I have a thing about us only being relegated to, you know, just like you know, fighting crime in neighborhoods or whatever. Yeah. And it's not a bad like you know, basically do your thing. That's one, but you know, that's one of the reasons why I love Black Lightning, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see us, you know, exploring the stars. Yeah. You know, that's why that's why I love Star Trek so much. Like Captain Benjamin Cisco is always gonna be my dude. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so Michael Burnham is always gonna be my lady, you know, as far as when it comes to Star Trek, you know, Star yeah. Trek Discovery. So mm-hmm. you know, so that it's that type of storytelling, except it's done from the perspective of uh black writers. Okay. And I was fortunate enough to be included in their second volume coming up. Oh and yeah, it's a, and it's a story about uh, two sisters who are mercenaries who were hired to um, go and save a third sister. So it's a little bit of set it off. It's uh, <laughs> you know, kind of like um, you know, kind of mercenary adventures of like Han Solo. Okay. So, okay. Now. Yeah. So that. Now, can you speak to that? I mean, I guess as much as you possibly can. But having that, you do have properties where that you created or helped write. And then to kind of be thrown into an already established universe, how does that work? Do you get like these are the limitations? They can't go past sector three. Like, is it? How does that yeah. work? Um, that it was. It's it's a really good experience because the, the two editors behind uh, the uh, Dark Universe uh, series, it's um, Milton Davis and Gene Peterson, and mm-hmm. they they're both accomplished novelist mm-hmm. in their own right. So they created this, you know, this universe, uh, you know, within a time. Like when I got the Bible for this uh universe, I was like, what? He's <laughs> like, what the hell? Like this is <laughs> this is awesome. This is world building at its finest. And they definitely let me know what if there were any restrictions that I could work within, you know, the yeah. confines. But I, I don't I wasn't really restricted as much as I kind of it, there was actually let me say this there was a certain time frame of the story mm-hmm. that they wanted the short stories to be told in yeah so that was definitely one thing i had to get used to mm-hmm. and the other thing being um in my story i actually had to get permission from another writer for a character that they have that's included in another story okay, uh, okay. so that yeah so I, I basically had to get permission from them to uh to use them for my own uh short story that i wanted to tell mm-hmm. so but it was it was fun you know it was fun being able to kind of play within like a you know an already established a larger universe um mm-hmm. uh, that was you know already existing so Dang, um yeah. yes and it was it was my first time getting back into prose fiction mm-hmm. so that um that was pretty awesome so yeah, um good 
kudos to you and them. That is, wait, so that is there a date for that project to be you know, your version, your portion of the um, project to be out? Right now, we're still looking at April. The um, it was funny because they actually just announced a a release date for a um, a re uh, issued um, uh, issued uh, version of the first volume mm-hmm. that came out a couple of years ago. Okay, okay. So yeah, so that'll that should actually be dropping next month, um, or maybe actually later February, early March. Mm-hmm. But um, mine mine should be out in. Um, I would say April, so okay. I'm just gonna play it safe. It's April, right, right, and if right. it's sooner, I'll, I'll definitely let you know. Okay, okay, um, good deal. Yeah, because that that yeah. sounds very exciting. I would, yeah, I, yeah, an expanded, an already established universe that you. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, and they're like I said, these guys are really talented writers in their own right, mm-hmm. uh, and the universe that they built just featuring like black folks in space yeah. like and, it, and it's not on some like homeboys in outer space type of bullshit <laughs> it's just like yeah. you know that that excuse my language but that's yeah, that's kind of yeah i'm like i'm on a big like right now a big sci-fi kind of space opera mm-hmm. uh you know uh thing right now with yeah. reading you know, with a bunch of novels and so that just fit perfectly within my wheelhouse and to be invited to um contribute was was pretty awesome yeah I can it's pretty imagine. awesome I can, again, cool. and i and now i'm like i'm really connected to these sisters and i'm like okay <laughs> i got more stories to tell <laughs> so now, are, are the sisters are they they're already in universal did you like create one of them or both of them or is that a, a original like i i created all three. Oh, i created okay. all three but you just had to work within yeah. the confines okay oh that's, that's yeah good, good yeah and the the main, um, the main antagonist was the one that I had to get permission to use. Okay. So pretty much all of the characters and uh, situations, or yeah, they're basically the, the characters and the story itself was was one that I created within the backdrop of this like the onset of like an intergalactic war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was, and it was like one of those things where they had they, it was really like really you know that's why i keep saying world building on its finest like they had an encyclopedia (laughs) and i kept going back to and i was like am i getting this right is this the right plan is this the right term is this the right type of spaceship and i was just like okay this is this is cool like i i i enjoy that that. just in talking about it it shows that i haven't even read it but i can i can hear the excitement in your voice when it comes to these characters that's good that's damn good man Oh yeah. my God! You again, hardest working man in comics, <laughs> Robert Jeffrey. Oh Thanks. man. Okay, okay. Um, so we got um, we got Route Three, we got Radio Free America, we have the <laughs> Kickstarter, we have this intergalactic <laughs> black people in space that you like. Ah, your your resume yeah. is growing, man. <laughs> Thanks, thanks. And it's been, like I said, it's, it's, it's like I said, this year I wanted to kind of, I wanted to do my thing. I wanted to kind of get as much product out as possible or just like write as much as possible. Um, <clears throat> there's, uh, and I'll, and I'll, I'll make it quick. I mean, as far as the other things, um, I have, there's a story and it just, and it's funny because a lot of the stuff is hitting at the same time. So okay. that's kind of part of it. Too. Yeah. Um, which is why, it seems like there's a lot of stuff dropping. 
Uh, there's a series I'm working on a webcomic with uh, an artist out of uh, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Takia Marie, mm-hmm. and really talented artist. But we we came together and uh, created a story called the um, the Okun. and uh, I can't call it a mashup of. Uh, I was about to say Street Fighter. Oh my God, no, <laughs> not Street Fighter. It's a uh, Star Wars meets Resident Evil. Oh, wow. um, yeah, following these two uh, soldiers on a um, kind of a, a kind of an Mission Impossible mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, so once again, you see a theme, another like sci-fi adventure. Um, there's the um, whatever. I'll just I'll put it like this because I can't talk to specifically about it, but right, right. whatever comes up for DC, you know, whatever comes up with DC, okay, um, and DC Comics, and uh, and just got in touch with another publisher about. Um, I think I mentioned this to you, pitching another uh, kind of some some comics for a property that I did not think I was going to be able to touch, you know, right. in, in it. Um, and then I'm also doing client work for two publishers, uh, which actually I can't talk about. There's a publisher named Evolution mm-hmm. um, Publishing, and uh, by uh, created by Marcel Dupree. Mm-hmm. But there's a comic book that he has called um, I think it's uh, Armored. Oh yeah, Armor One, and um, I'm, I wrote a short story focusing on a kind of a BPRD mm-hmm. type of style called uh, Dope. Okay. And uh, there's a short story kind of focusing on their characters, so that allowed me to kind of play with a little bit of you know, sci-fi, supernatural type of stuff. Yeah. And I'm also writing a miniseries for 133 Art. They do comics like One Nation yeah. and uh, Kit Carvers. And uh, I'm writing a, uh, a miniseries for them called Retcon, <laughs> which is a, uh, uh, <laughs> a time-traveling uh, adventure okay. like a really epic type of adventure um and those two should be out i'm hoping like sometime this year um and and then outside of that uh personal projects as far as uh stuff that i want to work on uh you know for i guess you know, stuff for myself but there is um a novella i've been playing around with mm-hmm. which i still need to flesh out um and just some more prose fiction and also another project with uh, Takia, which um, which we haven't really talked too much about, but it's or you know to other folks, but it's something that I think that uh, we'll be using a social media format okay. to tell stories in a uh, pretty awesome type of way. So, um, so that's that's it <laughs> right now <laughs> until I can. Right. Unless until I can get some more work coming through, but um, oh, yeah, so far, yeah, and, then, and I'm gonna try to do as many conventions and you know, signings as possible. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'll say, just stay posted, you know, to my social media or to my website. Good lord, do you do you? Because have... <laughs> I'm just like, oh, and then, uh, more. And then, and then the, the last thing we, like I said, a lot of the stuff is hitting in the same year. Uh-huh. There's a. Uh, there's a series that John McGuire and I have come up with called The Crossing, which uh, Sean Hill will be drawing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, all, we're all co-creators on the series, but we're going to try to get that uh, pitched to publishers this year. Um, hopefully next month it would be, we would start with that, but it's like Sliders meets 24. Oh, God. See, brother. You so, yeah. 
doing the damn thing. Oh my god. Um, shit. Now I guess uh, with all the projects you have, <laughs> I guess is, do you have to choose between what you promote at a con or like is it just a big backdrop of everything or how does that work? <laughs> My well, my goal is always to, and it was funny because even at the last convention that I did, um, I wanted more stuff on the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I wanted more stuff, and because I always find that it helps to have a variety of, you know, I mean, and maybe let me let me not, because I I don't ever want to say, because you don't want to like over, yeah, like you know overwhelm people with like a lot of stuff and say hey buy this i think having a variety of stuff will just give people you know if somebody's not a superhero person they might be a sci-fi person they're not a sci-fi person they might like a young adult Mm -hmm. you know type of thing and even like the the novella that i'm looking at writing is a young adult sci-fi thing so you know so that way um everything is you have a wide variety of stuff um and it just gives people more choices so and even even the stuff that I have now, uh, people seem to be receptive to. But it's just like, what else can I, what can I get? Yeah. But it's you know, so get you know, get out there so people can see. I'm actually now that I think about, it, I need to get some books printed <laughs> for the next show. So, Golly, so do you have uh, dates lined up for April? Like, do you have any any cons already? Um, set up for- um, Right now, March is going to be it for, okay. um, yeah, March is going to be it for conventions. I know Free Comic Book Day is in May, mm-hmm. and more than likely, I'm going to be at Challenges, Games, and Comics, which is, um, uh, Terminus Media originally started out, out in a comic book store, okay. in the back of a comic book store in some mountain called Dra- the Dragon Sword. Mm-hmm. And the owner of Dragon Sword was one of the founders of Terminus Media. His name is Turner, uh, Tony K. And he's the editor in chief. So his he recently, a few years ago, moved out to uh, North Cap Mall, okay. where the Atlanta Sci-Fi and Fantasy Expo is. That's going to be the convention next month. Okay. And um, so we we he usually does a uh, does a really big thing on uh, for free comic book day. So I'll more likely be there. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. So yeah. <laughs> man i'm already like every wednesday i'm in the bookstore like oh, okay what, what am i getting now and shit you yeah. just added a ton of shit to my list too <laughs> so hey yeah like i said i'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it rolling yeah. i'm trying to keep it rolling so but um and that's and that's what you got to do you just gotta you know stay stay productive but even if i wasn't you know trying to put the stuff out it would just be writing yeah. for you know, just trying to keep the, you know, my stuff, my stuff fresh, right, you know, you right. got to keep practicing. And that's in addition to being editor in chief for black sci-fi.com. So that, right. that keeps, that keeps me busy actually on a daily basis because, um, we're, we're trying to always call us like the news week mm-hmm. or the entertainment, uh, weekly for the black speculative fiction. Yeah. So, you know, just trying to, um, you know, just I uh, just you know keeping up with my writers, trying to get stories posted and edited, and you know story opportunities and everything just out there. So that that actually, yeah, that that's that's a daily thing, and we're and I'm proud of the work that we're doing with, okay, um, with that website. So, Bruh, you are again, and then a podcast. 
Bruh. in the podcast. <laughs> Wakanda podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what the hell? Okay, so you have a podcast or you're Sorry. starting a podcast? I'm, I'm a co I'm a co-host with uh, Dead and Sneed and he's uh, the creator of Sword of Spirit and um, uh, Talon uh, Kel. Uh, she's a she's a really awesome cosplayer and writer and uh-huh. S. And we just basically, it's basically a, it's a podcast about being a black creative. Yeah, okay. So, but we, yeah, and we just started up with that. But uh, yeah, like I said, this year everything has pretty much come to a head. <laughs> like that's yeah. the biggest thing right now. Oh yeah. my god! I, again, make sure, I'm, I'm, listeners, all of this will be in the show notes. This will probably be the longest <laughs> day. This will be your resume here. If you want yeah, to bad, job, man. just send to whoever the employer or the 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 company for this <laughs> post because it'll be just tons of shit. <laughs> no, this is good. Like, and it's it's very um refreshing and exciting to see that there are so many different degrees of um of of being a creative because I've spoken to people before yeah. where it's just I'm on this book. This is the book I'm doing. This is this, and then to have someone like you on the other end of the spectrum where you're just. Again, your resume is 85 pages long, and it's just as valid. So I think it's really good yeah. to hear this because it can be done. Now, I don't know what sacrifices you may be making on your personal life or on the other end, but on this end, you are pumping out so much content, and it is it, it is quality content. That's what it is, and that's yeah. the thing that I'm stressing on because, you know, again, a podcast, a, 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 a daily uh website uh <laughs> fucking books out the ass yeah. conventions and like it's just, so you are brother if they can't they can't say nothing about you they gotta say how how dedicated and how hard working you are so this is uh <laughs> damn good man. and i and i appreciate that man it's just like it's one of those things where you know it just i it's this after year kind of upon year just kind of hustling and grinding like somebody and i i need to hit them back today but somebody kind of hit me up like while i was in black panther asking me about you know kind of questions about how through facebook mm-hmm. about how they could kind of break into comics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's just like one of those things where i'm trying to formulate the best response because i'm still learning myself yeah. but um I, I do acknowledge that you know a lot of the, this wasn't overnight yeah you know, like the I applied to the DC, like the writer's workshop, like this, it was my second time. Yeah. And the first time it didn't, didn't work out. The second time I, I was surprised that it did mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was just like, you know, I, I seriously thought somebody was playing a joke on me. Um, and I was at, it was at, I was at my nine to five, but, um, but even getting route three to the point where it's at and, you know, the work that I've done, it's like pretty much you just got to, you got to push and everybody that I'm surrounded by, you know, writers, artists, uh, even people who aren't like creatives, you know, they just work their butts off. And that's, that's pretty much all I know. Cause at this point, if I don't produce, then there's somebody else who will. Yeah. And they'll get a gig. So I gotta like this weekend, I'm sequestered in the house, <laughs> you know, until <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go and to, uh, we have a convention down here called Onyx Con. Okay. I'm going to go out there and support tomorrow, but my butt will be back here in the house 
you know, work to some other stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and it'll be the same after, you know, after I get off the call with you. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just, you know, just, and as far as the personal life, I mean, it's just, you find a balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really play video games until like Friday nights. Okay. You know, I'll go on Friday nights and play, you know, Destiny 2 or Star Trek Online mm-hmm. with some friends. You know, Fridays and Saturday nights are pretty much, you know, relegated for that, yeah. but mainly it's always Fridays or if, uh, you know, schedule when I'm going to watch TV or, you know, whatever. I mean, right, that type right, of stuff. Right. No, I you definitely have to, you know, put forward what you love yeah. and you got to make sacrifices. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I, and look, I empathize. Like I completely understand. I, I have what about five or six different shows I do on my own podcast network or channel. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. yeah, I completely understand how it is trying to just schedule things out. And I, I can't even read my comics to enjoy them. Like you said, until later <laughs> in the week. So I read through like mechanically just to get the notes for the show. But, Yep. Like to enjoy yep. it. Like, and that's why I was very excited to even have you on to get the opportunity to, although I read the books and I read them to have the knowledge for this show, I, yeah. I was able to just enjoy what I was reading. Like, thank so, you, man. Yeah, so thank you for that. Because, damn it, I don't always get that opportunity. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Oh, God. So, I don't know. This, this shit, I, I'm scared to ask, but do you have anything else you <laughs> In your bag of uh... Uh, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I you know the the only thing will be is if there are any people in the Atlanta area and um, they they want to come out to a free convention, you know, just go to just look up the Atlanta Science Fiction and Fantasy Expo, and I'll I'll be there for both days. You know that that's probably the um, kind of the biggest thing, like you know, solid thing that's coming up right now, and you know have. You know, plenty of copies of books and you know be able to talk comics and i think i'm, I'm doing a couple of panels okay, which will be uh, pretty fun oh, but um yeah but i'll like i said i'll definitely you know i always say tell people go to robert k dot com mm-hmm. and, and i'll send, send you the link for that yeah yeah I'm, um, I'm adding all that. I'm yeah adding. but yeah it's um and then and then on a, you know and i always say black sci-fi.com um, just check that out. Um, actually, daily, you know, black side dash fly dash fly. Yeah, I'm on it now. I'm gonna but um, well. that's this is okay. This cool. Is dope. This <clears> is... But yeah, they... yeah. Like I'm, we're 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 particularly proud of. We did a kind of a major update a few months ago, and it, and the website looks a bit more cleaner. And, um, actually, way more cleaner, <laughs> and it's just uh, we're trying to you know this past. Last month or so with Black Panther, we've been trying to do as much coverage on the um, website as possible. We actually hosted a screening up in Philadelphia oh, cool, cool. Uh, today, yeah, along with a uh, kind, of, kind of an after party later on tonight mm-hmm. at a local comic uh, book shop called uh, Amalgam um, oh, yeah. uh, Coffee and Comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with, uh, run by it's Ariel Johnson. Okay, yeah, Ariel yeah, Johnson. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're um, we're kind of co-hosting that along with uh, uh, Black Tribbles and a couple of other. I mean, I wish I was in Philly right now <laughs> so I could be there. But yeah, but there. But yeah, we we try try to do you know things like that in addition to providing the content that we do. Yeah. So. 
And this is this is dope. Yeah. I'm just scrolling through the site now, and I'm just like, okay, I see the Madam Slayla article, and I see all the black yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm, I think I'll probably start hitting up BlackSciFi.com for the uh, when I do my episodes of the pool to uh, get some content to let these folks know. Check out this site because this is yeah, this is amazing. Like good, good job, good job. Man. Thank you, man. Yeah, and the and like and the the man behind that is Maurice Waters, and you know um, he's the president, founder, and then also I always like to give shout outs um, to the to the team mm-hmm. and uh, M Shy and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the last name Dash and uh, uh, Tiara Dante. They're uh, Dante. They're uh, writers, but also huge with our marketing, mm-hmm. uh, our social media, and our marketing, and uh, talented creators themselves. So that's kind of the core, you know, Black Sci Fi, the three, the four of us. So we, we keep things rolling along with our uh, talented writing crew, like really, really talented writers. Good Lord. Yes. I, again, this is this is simply amazing. This is food for the nerd soul because <laughs> you have been <laughs> dropping these gems and all these dates and projects and man again kudos to you every team you've been working with every team you'll work with in the future because clearly you're doing something right and I'm, I'm very glad to be able to at least witness it man this is this is amazing thanks man thank you yeah we just like I said just gonna keep it rolling as much as possible absolutely um well Shoot, uh, <laughs> I won't ask again. <laughs> you come up with something else here, yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> but no, but um, how how about your wife? Like, how is she with that? Like, is she a, a a geek, a nerd as well, or is she just you know an ally to the cause? <laughs> or like, how does how are things um, in the the nerd stuff? Things are things are excellent. I mean, she's she's a she's a geek herself. Okay. You know, kind of a, she's a geek mm. herself. Uh, she's really big into anime. Mm. Uh, I've gotten her more into like the comic book side of things. Okay. So she was just as high as the uh, Black Panther, okay. you know, today. Uh, and you know, I've introduced her to you know other things like you know like Star Trek and uh-huh. uh, Star, you know, Star Wars to a lesser extent because I'm more of a Star Trek head. But right, right. you know, she you know she enjoys that. But she's yeah, she she's a fan. I mean, she loves she loves this stuff just as much as um, I do. Like she. I, we were we actually have a bookshelf that she uh, she took a bunch of old comic books yeah. and uh, put the pages on the um, on the bookshelf oh, okay. so like now it like yeah so it's like a bunch of Ultimate X Men oh, okay okay <laughs> that sounds cool so yeah yeah so she's she's creative like that but she's really a really talented um, you know when it comes to doing things like that but she's like you said she's a big nerd and. You know, we'll be at Dragon Con like every year. <laughs> you know, just running around like little kids. Oh my god! You know, we're sp- spending too much money. Uh, right, too much right, money. right. That, it'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, but she's yeah, and she's extremely supportive of the um of the of the writing. So she's uh constantly been in my corner since we, you know, we we got together. Mm. So you know, so it's a blessing. I I love her so much for it. Very good, very good. I'm I'm glad to hear that because you know you. You might have a partner who will support you, but they still like, oh no, that's your thing. I'm not into it. I'm, <laughs> so that's good. That's um, you know, yeah. I'm glad yeah. to hear that, man. And, and 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 hey, hey, wife, how you doing? Like, because <laughs> uh, you know, that's I'm sure that makes it a lot easier to get a lot of stuff done, knowing that 
you don't have mm-hmm. that stress of why you st- why you playing those video games or something like that. So that's good. Glad to hear that, man. Um, yeah. So I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what what else to pull from you, man. You didn't you didn't pour it into the cup. The cup run <laughs> over now. Because well, well, I was gonna say like you know. I'm a big fan of your show. Oh yeah. Like I, I, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Like I'm, I've started going back to the, um, you know, the past episodes, but oh, you know, they're, um, I, you know, especially the black lightning reviews, uh-huh. like I'm, I'm loving what y'all are doing, uh, with those. Okay. And the fact that there is another Arrowverse <laughs> fan <laughs> outside of me, like it, it can get the Arrowverse can, um, sometimes it can be a little frustrating, but yeah. you know, for the most part, I, I've been there since day one oh, yeah? okay. uh, with Arrow. Yeah, like I, I actually had my doubts because like I was a huge Smallville fan mm-hmm. for the first three seasons. Yep. And, then, and then it just got weird. <laughs> then, you know, they start talking about Arrow. And um, but then I watched that first season. And I was like, oh, my God, he's killing the fuck out of people. <laughs> so it, just, <laughs> it was crazy. But yeah, but it was a that's a really I, I just like the fact that that universe is on TV and like you said that you're covering it mm-hmm. and also that you're you're covering Riverdale um, <laughs> which we need to we, we need to get back on as far as with um, my wife and I we we love the first season the second season yeah. is kind of it's kind of iffy yeah it's, yeah it's different this yeah yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah but you're, I mean your show as a whole like I like I said I've been going back through the episodes and just enjoying and also I, I saw that you had featured you know, work like uh, Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. So yeah. the fact that yeah. you're not just focused on the mainstream books, but opening it up to indies uh, is huge. So that I appreciate you for the for the podcast. You're doing great work. Thank you. I, I, I man, I'm speechless. I, I appreciate it because it's. I, I'm sure you empathize that sometimes it feels as if I'm just pumping out content and. It's yeah. not until someone yeah. says, "Hey, I like that show," you know, that it's like, okay. So it's, it's yeah, I do. I thoroughly appreciate it because, man, it, it's been a long time. I've been doing this for a little over a year, maybe close to a year and a half now, and I'm, I, I'm just like for you and I to even be having this conversation now. It's just like the whole week I've been stressing in the best ways like okay i, I want to make sure <laughs> i do this right make sure i have a couple questions make sure that we're getting down to the uh the the knuckle the nitty-gritty of whatever it is that mm-hmm. needs to be discussed and stuff and i to hear that you listen to my stuff i oh, appreciate it man i'm i'm this is this a good day <laughs> this is a, a good part of uh black panther weekend man thank you man <laughs> <laughs> not a problem man so, yeah. not a problem like i said i i'm a big uh podcast fan so whenever i can find something that i'm a uh i can listen to and kind of vibe with yeah, yeah. is uh good so yeah like i said i really i really enjoy the show man so, and i and like i said i appreciate you appreciative for allowing me to come on and just kind of talk you know, talk about comics or what and you are free to come back on whenever the hell you want to if you want to come back next week and talk about something i'm down like whenever <laughs> you have a new project or something that you think it would needs to be amplified in the least bit let me know and i'm 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 there you will always have a space on uh carefree black nerd podcast to to get on and just dish about whatever man for real for real thank you man thank you Man, uh, okay. Well, you want to give out your social medias, your, your anything for the listeners to uh, 
stalk you online or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can um, always tell people that um, first, are you going to start off by going to Robert K J E F F R E Y dot com? Mm-hmm. That's Robert K Jeffrey dot com. And my Twitter handle is, uh, and you'll appreciate this, Sync RKJ. Uh, from yes. <laughs> exactly S Y N C H R K J, uh, a little Generation X nod. Yes. Uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram. I would suggest just going to the to my main website and connecting to me to me there because um, I don't know the exact handles um, offhand, but if you if you go to my website at robertkjeffrey.com, you'll you'll find them on, on there. But uh, um, yeah, I'm more, I'm kind of bigger, or I use more Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. much. And but you you can connect. I mean, anybody can uh, connect with me or um, or buy my books <laughs> through uh, <laughs> you know, through my website. The website. So good deal, good deal. And again, all these links will be on the show notes, and so everyone can um, go ahead and find you that way as well. And Shit, again, y'all, this has been an amazing episode of Carefree Black Nerd. I thank you all for joining us. Um, and again, always remember to stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, stay um, in off route three, stay uh, in Radio Free America, stay <laughs> stay uh, reading up on Frederick Douglass, stay kicking, starting in, stay, stay all that good shit, man. <laughs> all right, y'all. <laughs>